If you've been around here very much, you've heard, can I say it, over and over and over again. Put yourself in the events that happened in Scripture. And what you just experienced, what you just watched, um, is probably more realistic than we often admit. An everyday, normal guy who went to work looking after sheep, sitting by a fire at night with some other guys who did the same thing. And they did it night after night. If you've ever been on the night shift, you know what I'm talking about. It's just long. It's the same old, different place, maybe a few different people. Same old. Normal, everyday, average, regular person. Just like me. Just like you. And often when we read scripture... And we read these stories because they become so popular. We think of these people in a light that isn't really real. They're special somehow. And yeah, they were special because God chose to show up in their life. But they were just people. Just like us. And so this afternoon when we read this passage of scripture... I want you to realize that God is speaking to you and to me the same way he did that shepherd. It's no different. They're no different. It's just a period of time has gone by. And God is still speaking the same way that he's always spoken all throughout history to mankind. So before we read this in Luke chapter 2, would you bow with me? And we're going to ask God to help us to understand what we're reading. Father, it's a privilege to be able to open your word in freedom today. It's a privilege to hear from you. And your promise is that your word is alive. That they're the very words of God to man. And we claim that. And we ask that your spirit would have the freedom to speak to us, regular, ordinary, everyday people. And that your word would change us. That we would see Jesus for who he is. We would understand what he's done for us. And that we would, we would return to our everyday normal life changed. Because we ran into Jesus Christ. So help us. It's your word, not mine, that matters. And so help us to see Jesus. Help us to hear your word. In your name we pray. Amen. If you have your Bible with you today, I'm going to look at Luke chapter 2. I'm going to read the first 20 verses. Just bear with me. I want to, I want to go through the story once again with you. And so they'll be on the screen. Just follow along as I read them. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus, that the whole empire should be registered. So everyone went to be registered, each one to his own town. And Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was the house and family line of David 
to be registered along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And then she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him tightly in cloth, and she laid him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And in the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flocks. And then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today, in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly there was a multitude of heavenly hosts with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to people he favors. And then the angels had, when the angels had left them and returned to heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened which the Lord has made known to us. And they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was laying in a manger. And after seeing them, they reported the message they were told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things in her heart and meditated on them. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. This, what I just read for you, has been read countless times, and maybe you've read it yourself, or you've heard someone else read it, or maybe it's something that you read as we do. We read it uh, Christmas morning. Every Christmas morning, we reread the Christmas story. Just a reminder to us as a family, this is what Christmas is really all about. And maybe you've heard that story many, many times, but let me stop for just a minute before we get into this and remind you of something. This isn't just a story. This is history. This isn't just something that someone made up and put a great story together. This is not some uh, myth that somebody tells every year, kind of like a guy in a red suit, maybe. This is actual history. These events that actually happened. They're real events ordained by God, fulfilled by God for God's purpose. And the purpose of God in giving us this story, these events that actually happened was so that you and I, who are hopeless, you and I who don't have a chance on our own, You and I who can't make our life right before God have an opportunity to be forgiven and made whole. They're actual events that took place. They're recorded in history for me. Jeremiah says it this way. The Lord said to me back, this is one of the prophets from the Old Testament. He says, you have seen correctly, for I watch over my word to accomplish it. The the prophet said this, look, whatever God says, God watches over what he says is going to happen. And then he sees it through all the way to the end. 
And if you go back in the Old Testament, there were prophets who kept saying, there's a Savior who's going to come. There's a Messiah who's going to come. There's a need for, for someone to come to make our life right with God because we're all sinners and we fall short of God's glorious standard. We can't make it on our own. We needed someone to do something for us. Why? Because the penalty of sin for every one of us is death. We all face it. Every one of us in these theaters, everyone who's watching online, probably in the last couple of months, you've faced death. Either someone who's close to you or a friend of yours or someone that you know has come to the point where they died. Well, that's the result of sin. Scripture tells us this, that because of sin in our lives, death passed upon all men for all have sinned. And we all fall short. We, the price of our sin is death. And God looked ahead in time and he said, that's not the way I made it. That's not the way I planned it for mankind. I planned it so that man could have a relationship with me. And he, we, we could just enjoy each other's company. But sin separated that. Sin made it so it wasn't possible anymore. And because of our sin, death came upon us. And God says, I don't want that. That's not what I want for man. And so I'm going to look ahead in time and I'm going to send one who will be the Savior, the Messiah, the one who will make the relationship right. And the prophets told that it was going to happen and God made it happen in Jesus Christ when he came as a little baby. Now, we started this story with the promise of the coming of a baby. We started this story with this young couple, Joseph and Mary, being forced to go to Bethlehem. And it was Caesar, Augustus, who made that happen. He wanted a census to be, be taken. Do you know why he wanted the census to be taken? He wanted more money. It was taxes. He wanted to count the people so he would know how many people he had and how much money he would have coming in so he would know what he could spend, right? That's the way it works. And so he set it up and he said, look, I want everybody to go to their hometown to be, to be counted. And Caesar had set up a great thing. If you look at the history leading up to Caesar and in Caesar's time, they were living in a time of, relatively peace, of relative peace, but it cost them a lot. The Roman army cost a lot to keep. And so Caesar's, he's doing his thing and, and it was all about him. If I can make more money, I can live a better life. I can provide more peace for people. But what he didn't know is God was at work. And it was God that made Caesar have the census be taken because he needed Mary and Joseph to end up in Bethlehem for his sovereign will to be complete. See, it was prophesied in the Old Testament that that's where the Messiah would come from, this little town called Bethlehem. Well, Mary and Joseph end up there, and Jesus is born. And as we were reading about Jesus being born, the king of kings, the one who lived eternally, God himself comes to earth, the one who is rich, the one who has all things at his disposal makes himself poor. He becomes a little baby. Now, if you have a little baby, if you've had a little baby, or you've been around a little baby, that pretty much, or let me do this, if you were a little baby. Now we've all been included, okay? You know something about babies. They're helpless, right? They're cute, but they can't do anything. 
Well, no, I take that back. They cry really well. They eat a lot. And they poop often. So they can do something. But it's part of their growth, right? And Jesus, think of this, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the rich ruler, the creator of the universe, made himself helpless, a baby. Why? For us. He who was rich became poor so that we could be made rich, so that we could be made right with God. The King of Kings became human for humanity's good. And when we started reading this story in Luke chapter 2, we pick it up. And the shepherds are out in the field, which is we saw the shepherd, and the angels appeared to the shepherd, and they gave Jesus what belonged to him, which was praise and worship. But what I want you to catch this, this afternoon is I want you to catch who they came to first. And I want to talk to you for a few minutes about the shepherds. I want to talk to you about what happened in the shepherds' lives. I want you to think this morning about this, that God came, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the one who created it all, the, the earth that he created, all the people that he, he created it all, and yet he chose to come not to a palace, not to a kingdom, not to a place where he would be recognized and his name would be made great. He came at night, to some guys gathered, gathered around a campfire looking after sheep who are helpless. And what you have to understand is these guys, these shepherds, they're on the low scale of the social scale. Where they lived, where they're working, people didn't think much of shepherds. In the court system that we're going to, that, that the Roman court system of the day, a shepherd was not allowed to testify. I don't know what was wrong with his word, but he wasn't allowed to testify. He's one of the few people that was not allowed in the court system to testify. Think of this. The angels show up to the one group of people who aren't allowed to testify. They can't publicly say anything because nobody's going to listen. And the angels show up to these guys. I think it's really important that we understand this. That God made it clear that he came to the lowly. To the hardworking, everyday people. Nothing really notable about the shepherds except for they knew who they were. They understood their position. You know, there are times in our lives where we forget who we are, right? Right? We think of ourselves in a light that's not true. Or we want ourselves to be seen in a light that's not true. These guys didn't feel that way at all. They knew who they were. They knew what their job was. And they did it every day. Maybe they were protecting some of the lambs that would be part of the sacrificial system. I don't know. Maybe it was just the wool that they were after. But they did their job and they were normal, everyday people. And that's who the shepherds, the angels showed up to. 
They did what they always did. They cared for for sheep. You notice in verse 9 when we read it, same thing happened to them that happened to everybody else. When the angel showed up, did you see what happened? They were terrified. They were normal. You and I would be the same. We also would be terrified if an angel showed up. And the message that they got was this. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords has been born today. And the message we give you, it's going to be for all people. We are sending you to tell all people, the ones who aren't listened to, you get to tell everybody the incredible message that God has showed up. And then he gives them a sign. Let me read it for you. In Luke chapter 2, verse 12, he says this. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a babe wrapped tightly in cloths, lying in a manger. There's a sign. Now, we think of that. You're going to find a baby. He's going to be wrapped in little cloths, lying in a manger. Think of the shepherds for a minute. I want you to understand this sign a little bit better. I did some research. You know what I found out? Common people wrap their babies in strips of cloth tightly. And they swallowed, swaddled them, swallowed them. They swaddled them that way. Struggling with my words today. Because they believed that it made their arms and their legs strength, strong. And so what they would do is take these little strips of cloth and they would wrap them around tightly to help them stay in one position. The shepherds were common guys. They would understand why this one was wrapped that way. And then it says this, and you'll find him not in a cradle, not in a bed that his dad made, not in a house where there's a bed that his dad made. You're going to find him in a manger. Who are they? Who are these people that the message came to? They're shepherds. Do you think they know what a manger looks like? Do you think they'd filled the manger with food before? Do you think they had spent time cleaning the manger out? Sure they did. And so God comes to them and he says, look, this is going to be a common birth and you're going to find them the same way all of your children would be wrapped up. And you'll know exactly what to look for because those same claws that your wife used to swaddle that little baby of yours, that's what happened to this one. And you're also going to know where to look because he's going to be found in the mangers that you guys have filled and cleaned out. You know exactly what to do. And so those shepherds, they don't sit around the fire and go, wow, that was cool. There was an angel talking to us. We should, I, I don't know. Do you think that was real? Do you think that was a hoax? Maybe TV just did that and they, they, they beamed it into the sky and maybe it's not really, they didn't do that at all. If you read the passage, which we just did, it says this, and they went straight. I don't know if, I'm a farmer. I don't know if they left the sheep. I'm not sure. But scripture tells us this that they left. And they went straight to find the baby Jesus. Now I find that interesting. And here's why. God is still sending the message that Jesus has come. He hasn't stopped. If you read the word of God, he keeps telling us, Jesus has come. Jesus is here. Jesus is for you. Jesus is for me. But unlike the shepherds, often our response is, let me wait and see if this is really real. Let me wait and see it. Just see what my friends do. 
Let me wait and see if, if, if I really need Jesus in my life. Let me just wait and see. And the shepherds heard from the angels, and it says this, that they went immediately to see Jesus. What is he all about? If the Messiah has come and we were given a sign that he would be, I want to go and hear from him. I want to know what he's about. I want to know how he can change. I want to know what it is that the angels are talking about. And away they went to find him. If you were with us last week, you remember that Elizabeth and Zachariah, who we talked about, had two different responses to the, to the message of the angel. Zachariah, he, di- he didn't believe. Not immediately. He didn't believe. He questioned. And often that's what we do. And Elizabeth immediately said, this has to be of God. It's kind of the same response of the shepherds. This must be of God. We're going to go see what it's all about. Let's go straight to Bethlehem. Then it tells us this. Look what they did. It says, after seeing them, they reported the message that they were told about this child to everyone they met. Now, I don't know if it's the middle of the night and maybe people were wandering around everywhere. I'm not really sure. But when I read that, I always wonder, who did they run into? But it says this. It says that everyone they saw, everywhere they went, they just told them, hey, we just saw an angel in the sky and Jesus is here. And then they went and they saw Jesus and they bowed and worshiped. And it says this, that as they, hey, Jesus is here. The Messiah is here. We just saw him. It was a cool thing. There was all these angels everywhere and Jesus is here. Hey, when you run into Jesus, when you meet Jesus, guess what? You can't keep quiet. If you're sitting here this morning, I mean this morning, see Mike, I did it too. If you're this afternoon and you call yourself a Christian and you say, I'm a Christ follower, I have run into Jesus, I know Jesus. Let me ask you a question. Are you quiet about him? Because what I've found from Scripture is anyone who runs into Jesus, truly meets Jesus, can't be quiet about him. The change that he makes in your life is too significant to be still. And what it is that he does for you, the forgiveness that he gives you, the hope that he offers you, the peace that he gives you in the middle of chaos, you can't keep to yourself. It's too real. And that's what happened to these shepherds. These shepherds couldn't be still. We just met the Messiah. And it tells us this. It says, and all who heard it, this is Luke 2, verse 18, were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. It's very interesting to me. It doesn't say they did anything. It just says they were amazed at what the shepherds had said. And that often happens in our life, folks. We hear about what Jesus has done for someone, and we go, wow, that's amazing for you. But until you meet Jesus for yourself, you won't be changed. Until you meet him and understand what it is that he provides for you and that he offers you, you'll just be amazed by him. He's an amazing person. Have you met Jesus? Now, the last verse I want to draw to your attention is this, and I don't want you to miss it. 
verse, verse 20, it says this. The shepherds returned. That means they went back to the fields. Glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. Did you catch it? The shepherds returned. They met Jesus, and they were still shepherds. They still had to look after sheep. Stinky, not very smart sheep. But they returned, and it says this, that they returned changed. They're glorifying and praising God when they return. It's no longer just a job looking after sheep, caring for the lamb. They had met the lamb. Scripture says it this way. He's the lamb who takes away the sin of the world. They went from caring for little teeny lambs who, who need food to meeting the lamb who had changed their life forever. These shepherds returned, but they didn't return the same people that they left that they were when they left. When they met the Savior, their lives had been changed forever. How about you? If you're here today as an adult, that means that you've celebrated Christmas multiple years. In multiple fashions. You've put lots of time and lots of effort into celebrating and buying gifts and preparing meals and being together with family and, and doing all kinds of wonderful traditions. But have you met the one that Christmas is really all about? Have you met the baby who was born who now sits at the right hand of the father because his job is complete? If you haven't, he wants to meet you. He's still sending the message. The Messiah has come. The Savior has come. The message has never changed. And if you meet him, if you meet him, you'll be changed because every person who's ever met him in history has been changed. And none of them have returned the same. I know that's true for me. As a young boy, I met Jesus. My parents introduced me to Jesus, but I didn't know him yet. And I can still take you to the place where I understood that I needed a Savior. And I met Jesus for the first time. And I've never been the same. Because Jesus continues to change my heart. And he makes me more like himself. Have you met Jesus? Have you been changed? Maybe this Christmas would be the Christmas that you allow the tiny baby who grew up to be the Savior to change you for eternity. Father... Would you grant us the courage to say yes to your son? Would you allow your spirit to draw us to yourself so that we could know you and be changed by you? In your name we pray, amen.
well, we're going to leave, head home, celebrate with family and friends Christmas. Let me encourage you, enjoy your time together with family and friends. Celebrate well. Enjoy each other's presence and time together. But don't forget. Don't forget the one who gave everything, the greatest gift of all, so that you could have life, so that you could have hope, so that you could experience forgiveness, so that you could know peace. Father, thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for the forgiveness that is ours through him. Thank you for the hope and the peace that we can know in our relationship with you. Help us as a people to show Christ to others. Be with us as we celebrate with our families. Reveal, continue to reveal yourself to us. Be pleased with our praise and our worship of you. In your name we pray, amen. Have a Merry Christmas, folks.